Do you ever get the thought that you could be doing more on social media? You're using the same hashtag as your competitors, targeting the same interests on Facebook, creating the same type of stuff. Well, in this episode, I share four of my favorite tools to help you accelerate your social media growth and stand out. Plus, the new HubSpot Marketing Enterprise Hub. Is it any good? Is it all hype? Or is it actually substance? And on a side note, what can we learn from how HubSpot launched their new Marketing Enterprise Hub to promote our own brands? Find out in my review. All that and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to episode 106. A big thank you and welcome to you from wherever you may be tuning into the show. Now, before I get on to our featured buzz of social media tools, the tools that we're loving right now, I want to talk about HubSpot Marketing Enterprise. Now, earlier this week, literally just a couple of days ago, HubSpot announced that HubSpot Marketing for Enterprise. So, you know, if, if you don't know HubSpot, uh, they have sort of three main hubs. They've got Service Hub, which is probably the, the smaller, ugly cousin compared to the other two. Uh, they really have tried to push it in 2018. But I don't know, in Australia anyway, it hasn't taken off. Um, but the other ones, the other very successful hubs are Sales Hub with all their sales tools. And that's designed for obviously sales team. Uh, sales teams and HubSpot Marketing Hub, which is on, I guess, obviously for marketing teams. Now, obviously, HubSpot has been trying to make a big play in the enterprise space. Before I go on, I know this is one of those things. A lot of our listeners are not on HubSpot. A lot of our listeners have no interest in HubSpot, and that's totally cool. But, you know, HubSpot's one of those companies, and I always say to people, whether you, you use the tool or not, it's a very interesting company to observe just how they market, just how they run their business. Uh, you could be using a completely different system, but you can take lessons from how these guys position and market and put stuff out because honestly it's one of the best and I still crap from them all the time in terms of how they're marketing so watching HubSpot grow as a company has been very interesting because when they have a strategy in place they are pretty committed to it it seems at the moment of course HubSpot is trying to make a big push into the enterprise space and right now they're trying to go through to that via the marketing teams Obviously, one of the big competitors HubSpot has in their sites clearly is Marketo. Last week, Kip Bodner, who we've had on the show, amazing marketer, very smart guy, he put out a post and I want to call out uh, one of the paragraphs from his post, specifically here where he comments around the general consensus that enterprise software sucks. How's this still the case in 2020? We live in an age of artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence, autonomous vehicles, and augmented reality. We are awash with incredibly advanced technology, but marketers still can't find an enterprise software solution that doesn't make their head hurt. That's a direct quote from his article. Pass me the popcorn. Hashtag shots fired. I love it. A really good article, and I referenced that in the show notes. You can get the article there, redpandas.com.au forward slash EP106. Kip goes on and talks about how enterprise uh, software providers haven't managed to keep up over the years and they've just sort of, you know, tried to choose between functionality and ease of use and just compromise and let marketers down. And um, it's really clear who they're going after. They're going after Marketo very, very clearly. It's the biggest player in the space. And I mean, 
he might as well have said Marketo in the piece. It was clearly directed at them. And this is the thing, right? HubSpot aside, Adobe, apart from their creative suite and all their creative tools, I'm really sorry, but Adobe sucks. Like, if you've ever used the Adobe CMS packages, they've been under different names. They suck. Adobe Analytics sucks. You might as well use Google Analytics. They, they just, they just, they're not good at user experience, in, in my opinion anyway, outside of their creative suite and creative tools. Like, I'm recording this podcast on Adobe Audition. Amazing, amazing, right? Um, but outside of that, when they're playing the tech space, eh, not really. So, I kind of ask myself, is this one part of a concerted effort by HubSpot to pr- promote its own enterprise capabilities? Um, sure it is. But on that note, what of its enterprise capabilities? Let's talk about the actual features, whether this thing actually is any good. So they this is the thing. HubSpot, they do very well when they come up with a tagline or a strap line. There's always a strategy behind it. They did the whole thing, you know, grow better uh, last year or the year before. It was last year? I forget what year you were in. It was last year, 2019. So at the moment, HubSpot's promoting the enterprise capabilities like this. Marketing Hub Enterprise, always easy, now deeply powerful. Always easy, now deeply powerful. That's something they're promoting and pushing, pushing, pushing. Onto the features themselves, and then I'll get a little bit subjective about you know the marketing play and, and analyze why they're doing it and how they're doing it so we can take some lessons from it. Um, some of these are pretty cool. The first one I want to talk about is multi-touch revenue attribution. So this is a direct competitor to Visible, which is a tool owned by Marketo. Apparently, it's not. I haven't used it to be honest, but everything I've ever heard, it's not user friendly. It's a little bit buggy. So HubSpot has always had customer lead attribution, but now they have multi-touch attribution. And if you're familiar with Google Analytics multi-touch attribution, it follows the same ID. This whole thing I'm talking around, multi-touch revenue attribution, is who gets credit for the sale. And how do we define that? And it's kind of like a soccer team, right? The last player shoots the goal, you know, kicks the goal in the net. But what about the other 10 players who passed him the ball? What about the guy who first intercepted the ball and passed it to number two and then number three, number four? Who gets the credit? Um, do you give it to the last player? Do you give it to the first player? Do you equally pass it along all the players? That's where attribution models come in and that's what they're designed to sort of solve. And some are better than others. They each have their you know pros and cons. And... This is obviously great, but I will say this, right? This is one of those things whenever, and I'm sure you guys have seen this, whenever SaaS software as a service companies promote something on the tin, it's their job to simplify. I don't hate them for it. They have to simplify it, but it's never as easy as it sounds. There's always something behind the layer when you peel it back. This works for HubSpot, but the revenue from de- has to come from deals in HubSpot that are in closed one stage and interactions from customers associated with this, with the deals. So that means that you have to be using deals and it won't take into account any revenue or customer uh, interactions outside of HubSpot, which is okay. That's fine. You have to know what you're working with and it, it's about horses for courses, right? This is only relevant if you use deals. That's obviously established. And if you're using things like it has a lot of attribution uh, reports and touch points in this, it's uh, what HubSpot calls content type. So for example the website pages that contact touched, the landing pages, the marketing emails, the sales emails, the meetings, the calls, the social posts. So if you are an enterprise client 
you do have a sales team that uses HubSpot because I've also, we've got a number of clients. Some of them are very integrated. Some of them are still on the journey. Sales isn't using it yet. But if you do have sales teams that are using it and are using it, using deals, you have that sales and marketing alignment deal already, then it's going to be great. It's going to work for you. The next feature is team-based partitioning. Now, this actually has been around for a while now, but to be honest with you, it wasn't that great. You might have called, you might have heard it being called content partitioning, which was segmenting your blogs, landing pages, website pages by teams. And this is particularly good for bigger teams, enterprise clients that have different teams and they need different you know, access to different areas of the system, like accounts or contacts or whatever, for team A, for team B. You could do that. The issue that we had with one of our clients was you couldn't hide emails from other teams from one team from another team or workflows. A person could still go in and they could still see the workflows of other teams. That was a bit of a problem for a particular client of mine anyway. Um, so it's, it's, it isn't necessarily new. It's just that it's an evolve of the old partitioning. In terms of what you can partition, landing pages, website pages, blog posts, marketing emails, forms, call to actions, list which is in beta and dashboards in beta. So it's not that, okay, you give landing pages to one team and not the other, that you've always had features like that. It's that within, you might have 100 landing pages, 10 of them are for one team, the next 10 are for another team, certain website pages, a certain team members have access to a certain group of website pages and you know so on for other groups, blog posts, marketing emails, forms, partitioning for all these types of features which is awesome it's cool like i said it's it's i think it's an evolve of what they released before which was kind of like a halfway house i think this is finally getting a little bit better to what they initially wanted the next feature is adaptive testing and honestly my favorite out of all the marketing hub enterprise tools so you guys will know what a b testing is i might have two pages and i'm going to test a video on one and just an image on the other or different copy or something like that. With A-B testing, you want to test one big key thing. It's not like a little paragraph might be a little bit different. No, one key structural thing. That's the idea with A-B testing. The problem with it though is with A-B testing, you're sending traffic you know, 50% to one version, 50% to the other. Half of the audience is still getting the crappy version. And at the end of a test, once you have enough data, the one that performs best, you can turn that one on and turn the other one off. So you do have to wait for a test like that. You do have to, like I said, have 50% of your visitors with crappy, uh, I guess, you know, the crappy version. And also you can only really test two things. What HubSpot has done is finally we're starting to see more of the benefits of their whole thing around AI. Honestly, we're in 2020 now. I think two years ago, um, you know, maybe even earlier than that. I mean, maybe it was two years ago. They started talking about they bought Motion AI, this AI company, and all this great AI was coming. But we really didn't know what was coming. Coming, and honestly, it's been a little bit slow, like to see the effect of that. But I think finally we are, and this is one of the examples of that. This is really cool. The idea is you turn on adaptive testing, so you find a landing page or a website page in HubSpot. And you can either do an A-B split test like you always have or turn on adaptive testing. And then you could test five different, four or five different features of the page. So you could do call to actions, turn on different call to actions for that page, copy, experiment with different word choice or style of copy. One might be more functional. One could be more uh, emotive. 
uh, media, say images versus videos or different videos versus different videos and layout as well, experimenting with different layouts of the page. And then automatically using AI, HubSpot will gear towards the versions of the page that are actually performing well. So you just kind of set the different tests or factors and via AI, it will automatically configure the best version of that. I think that's really, really awesome. Um, almost like kind of setting to forget as, as opposed to you trying to figure out two factors and then wait some time to get some data and then figure out another two factors and then wait and probably forget to turn a test on or off, right? Okay, anyway, moving on, account-based marketing. Now, this one still says it's in beta. The idea of account-based marketing is, if you don't know already, it's a B2B strategy where marketing and sales work together to close big, high-ticket, complex deals, right? So, account sales and marketing might say, you know what, we're going to go after these 20 clients. They all have this particular, you know, uh, profile this particular size and let's work together and target three or four different people at each of those companies abm so i'm not sure what's coming out there it's still in beta it remains to be seen if it's going to be useful uh customizable chat bots and advanced chat targeting again this isn't really new and i'll talk about you know the idea of blending certain things that they have that are new or relatively new, new with things that they already have but of course the idea is have a different chat bot on say one particular service page have a different chat bot on a different location you might have, you know, one chatbot that has different messages for return visitors. It, it gives them something else based on what country they're from. It's pretty cool. And it, it's a great tool, honestly. And one of the features, I guess, benefits of HubSpot is having, you know, three, four, five different tools that all use a single customer view and all use the same data and learn off each other. Uh, then there's greater capacity. So with Enterprise, you generally get more reports and you get more dashboards, more workflows. So in this case, you get 200 reports, 25 custom dashboards and 1,000 workflows, which is obviously a value if you need it. So if you are enterprise, you'll see the applicability of some of these features and whether it's right for you. Now, putting on my, I guess, my marketer's hat and trying to analyze what they're doing as a marketer, is this more of a marketing message push or an actual product development? And I think it's a bit of both and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. A lot of these features are already out. A lot of these features are, are improvements. Some of these are new and some of these are available in varying capacity on other tiers and that's all okay. That's completely fine. HubSpot's really smart. What they've done is they've said, okay, we're going to define our ICP. So what's our ideal customer profile? Uh, obviously, it's enterprise marketing and we're going to push our marketing hub enterprise tools to them. So they've figured out who they want. They've figured out their ICP. Then they've looked at the value, they've looked at the marketplace, they've realized, you know what, ease of use, that's our value proposition. We're like the zero of the marketing automation world. We know that already. Um, in the past, that might have actually hurt them because the whole industry has been defined by complexity and everything has to be complex and bespoke. Maybe enterprise clients have seen HubSpot as being a little bit of a, I guess, a you know, a small fish in a big pond. So HubSpot's sort of gone, okay, look, we're going to promote this whole, you know, always powerful uh, or now powerful, always being easy kind of line and really kind of, you know, attack in a positive way um, the complexity and all the shitty tools in the enterprise market right now. And this is really, really smart because this mobilize, mobilizes their messaging. This mobilizes their value proposition. Their entire product team, their sales team is pushing this line. Their marketing team is pushing this line. Management, so the head of marketing, the head, the marketing director uh, for APAC, you know, Shahid, he's pushing that. And you, you, you see it. You know, if you follow them on LinkedIn, Instagram, they have this, I guess, everyone's towing the company line. All the things are kind of pushing towards that one road 
the content creators at HubSpot, they're all communicating the same thing. And this means it's going to work. You know what? Honestly, if these features, if none of them were new and all they did was package them together, they did that value proposition of, you know, always easy, now more powerful. We're here for you, enterprise. This is the problems in your market. These are your pain points. It would still work. And I think that's something we can all learn from. It's like I always say, whether or not you use the tool set is one thing. That's irrelevant. Observe how HubSpot markets and apply those strategies and tactics to your business. Okay, on to the featured buzz of today's episode, and that's four tools to accelerate your social media growth in 2020. So last week, I covered the big five social media macro trends for 2020. I got a lot of great feedback about that episode. So if you haven't listened to it already, uh, definitely do so. If you have anything to so- anything to do with social, you'll get a lot of value out of that. Um, I covered you know, five key macro trends, and they rotated around stories, live video, TikTok, snackable content and influencer marketing and coincidentally last week we actually recorded a video with our head of social where we shared four amazing tools on social media to help accelerate your growth and social media growth in 2020 now if you want to get that video when it comes out please follow us on youtube and instagram and you'll get it when it drops but now for our listeners let me give you a rundown of our four favorite social media tools and why the first one is called clipomatic It's a smart video editor and what it does is it turns everything you say into live captions. So you obviously you can open up the the camera, you can shoot yourself selfie mode or someone else and you can shoot in, in any format for social. So that's going to be portrait and square. And as you're talking, as you're talking live, it's creating captions for you in a start in a style and design and color of your choice, which is awesome. Now, Firstly, um, if you want to be efficient slash lazy slash smart, then this is perfect for you. You don't have to use a tool like Rev.com, which is awesome, by the way. It's a dollar a minute to create captions. Uh, You can do it right away on the fly, get your content out quickly at pace and not worry about that. And when you consider the fact that 85% of videos on social media are played without sound, if you don't do things like this, you risk a lot of people missing out the message you're trying to communicate. So anyway, um, like I said, it's uh, it's a great tool. It's three dollars, um, but it's a one-off three dollars, and it'll be the best three dollars you ever spent on social media. I can guarantee you that. The second tool is called Display Purposes. What I've noticed, by the way, all these tools I'm talking about today have these weird names, right? <laughs> display Purposes. You you cannot tell what it is by looking at the tin. But if you're like me and you love hashtags, uh, you you will know that some are better than others. And that's where display purposes come in. When, with display purposes, you simply type the hashtag or the theme you want to find synonyms for. You click search and all, the, all of a sudden you see a, list of hu- a huge list of related hashtags which can scope out even further. What's more, with display purposes, you can fil- uh, filter out any banned hashtags so you don't get the risk of getting caught by in- the Instagram algorithm and shadow banned. Now, this is a, something that admittedly I only learned about recently, but you can get shadow banned. So if there's a hashtag that is, I don't know, hateful or, hub, or uh, Instagram doesn't really like, you could actually use it. You could put it in, you can type it out there, but you'll get shadow banned, which isn't good. It means your post won't get seen. It means the, the quality score of your profile won't be great. 
Um, and you don't want that. You don't want to be wasting time on social media after that. So you can actually use display purposes to go much further in depth for a given hashtag. You can see stats from top countries, age groups, type of Instagram accounts, and general demographics using the chosen hashtag, which is awesome. So for a free tool, that's pretty powerful. So that tool, again, was display purposes. The third tool is called Yay Text. Now, if you go on their website, you'll be like, oh my God, am I in the wrong spot? Because it looks like this website was made in like 1998. But the thing is, this tool was made for one thing and one thing only, to give you different text styles for your social posts and ads. So, I'm talking about in Instagram and LinkedIn. Like obviously, when you're doing an Instagram post, uh, you can't really, you know, italicize a word. You can't change the the color or anything like that. But with Yay Text, there's actually, you know, you, t- you take your copy, whatever you want to write, you copy and paste it into Yay Text, and then you can slightly stylize it, which is really, really good because if you look at the feed, anything you can do to stand out and be different is a pro. Um, one tip I will give you is don't overdo it. Don't make everything italic and everything bold. Just use common sense like you would in writing an article and it will really help you get that cut through. Um, there's over 20 different styles and um, it's free. So yeah, that's always a good one. The third one, and I told you these names are all weird, is called interest.explorer or interest explorer. Um, now, if you're like me, you you create Facebook ads and you're like, man, are my competitors just targeting the same thing? Because we're putting in the same sort of themes. So, this is where Interest Explorer could really, really help you on the Facebook side of things anyway. What it will do is you'll put in uh, an interest or a couple of interests and it will show you heaps of relevant interest based on your given search query. But what it's actually giving you, it will actually give you the exact audience size and interests that Facebook doesn't suggest. So Facebook, if you've used Facebook interests before, either on posts or ads, it will show you 25 interests. Uh, Interest Explorer will give you a full list of suggestions with more data and you can sort it from largest audience to smallest audience and really look for things that maybe your competitors aren't doing. So it's it's a huge staple at Red Pandas. We love using this for Facebook ads and market research uh, specifically. It will set you back 100 to $200 but if you're like us, um, it, it's worth every penny. It honestly is. So that's the four tools, uh, Clip-O-Matic, Display Purposes, Yay Text, and Interest Explorer. So if you want to make 2020 and beyond a big year, doing these little 1% of things your competitors aren't doing is definitely going to help. Like I said, there is a video being released on these exact four tools. So definitely follow us on uh, anywhere that's good, Instagram, good old YouTube, and of course, our website, redpandas.com.au, where you'll find a whole catalog of all the episodes we've ever released. On that note, thank you so much for listening, guys. I know a lot of you do tune in, but not everyone reviews or leaves a, a comment or says hello. So uh, if you've got any value at all, please, 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 if you haven't subscribed already, do so. Share this with a friend or a colleague who you think would benefit and reach out. Don't be shy. Uh, email me, moby at redpandas.com.au. Follow me on LinkedIn where I'm very active or say hello on Twitter at Moby Sadiq. Thank you once again and I'll join you next time for another episode of Inbound Buzz. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.